answered Every day Business unfiltered Always Business unfiltered Every day We are live, Business and Buckets, another business edition featuring Stuart Ortega. Stuart, thanks for coming. Cheers, man. Thanks. thanks. I'm glad to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into Stu's story to entrepreneurship and, and, and running a business, but how would you classify to everybody just a, a broad you know, explanation of what you do and uh, how long have you been doing it? Well, uh, I guess there's a lot of different names. I'm in construction, so uh, we're called carpenters. Builders, contractors, general contractors. Uh, how I got into it, I just learned every trade uh, and just kind of worked it up from there. Uh, how really. long have you been a, a business owner running this? Oh, uh, God. now you're going to make me feel old. I think 17 years. 17 years. God, probably longer than that. Has, or... has it gone by fast or you know, have you feel like you've been doing it forever? Oh, yeah. Time flies. It absolutely does. So... Cool. Well, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the way I met Stu, um, it is Stuart technically, right? But we call you Stu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my cousins, which I've told you guys this story before, if you've tuned into Business and Buckets before, are technically my second cousins, Filipino family. You look at me like, wait, you're related to Filipinos. Again, it's second cousins. Uh, but being an only child growing up in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, I was very close with them. They were almost like siblings. They babysat me. I was just super close being an only child that, you know, couldn't stay in the house. And uh, moving out here to Seattle, they were the only family or people that I knew. So it was a big reason why I was able to move out here. At least I knew somebody. And uh, my cousin's husband, Robert, uh, had met you first, right? That's how yeah. you got introduced to the family? Yeah, we're neighbors. And um, our girls play sports together. And then we just clicked. They became homies. And uh, he is now part of the family, basically. And uh, uh, that's kind of how we got into this. And um, obviously I had Dakota, my best friend, um, from Montana who runs construction as well and does his own business on the podcast. Um, I recently just did an episode with my other friend in Montana, Dylan, he does a excavation business oh, yeah. and, uh, we haven't released that episode yet, but, um, lots of just typical business ownership, you know, construction, uh, doing that typical thing. And it, I think it's a cool story cause anyone can relate to it and uh, anybody could do it, right? That's they, right. They, they find a certain path. So the big goal of what I'm wanting to dive into today is. Well, if someone wants to do it, how, you know, what were your experiences? What kind of things would you recommend not to do so that they don't have to fell, fall on their face and, and fell forward? I think in business, you have to do that to, to be able to figure things out and get that experience. But, you know, what kinds of tricks of the trade can we provide and what kind of fun experiences and stories has Stuart been through? So uh, you guys can see another path to uh, entrepreneurship on the construction side. So. Before we talk Stu's life, though, we're going to talk the one and only sponsor here at Business and Buckets, and that is Fueled Supplements. Uh, if it's not broken, why fix it? That is the inspiration behind Fueled Supplements' newest product, Creatine Monohydrate. So why take Creatine? Well, Creatine Monohydrate is one of the most well-researched and effective natural supplements available for increasing muscle performance. It creates and enhances uh, performance of supplying a pool of ATP, which acts as the muscle tissue's primary energy source for fuel during explosive bursts of energy, power, and strength. It comes in 100 servings, non-GMO. It's gluten-free, safe, and effective. You guys already know the deal. Go to fueledsupplements.com and use my promotion code BUCKETS for 15% off. That's promotion code BUCKETS, B-U-C-K-E-T-S. 
And I, I love field supplements. I, I literally wanted one sponsor. I wanted them. The homie hooked it up. Uh, it's small business. In the world of Amazon and online shopping, it's easy just to go support the huge conglomerate businesses. But for a small business to thrive, we all got to support each other. Damn. And this is high quality supplements. I'm using it today. I, I use the daily multivitamin. I have energy. Stu called me this morning. I probably didn't sound the same. Uh, but this is week going into week 11 for me consistently hitting the gym. I'm using their protein, multivitamins. I have a fat burner. I have a, a supplement uh, knocked out to help me sleep. I, I have the whole shindig, and it helps me perform every single day. Look good, feel good, do good. You know the deal. Check out fieldsupplements.com. Shout out to Josh Morin and crew. Uh, much appreciated. But don't forget to support small business. But speaking of small business, we got the guy right here. We got the small business owner. And uh, you've been doing it, you said, 17 years. Yeah. I which think. is wild. Um, a father of two, right? Yep. Married man. Yes. Happily. And um, let, let's kind of talk about the roots and the origin of um, Stu's upbringing. Uh, but where were you born and raised? You weren't born and raised here in the Northwest, were you? I was. I'm actually from Gig Harbor, a little town uh, near Tacoma is where I was born. Uh, yeah, I was just, uh, I went to high school, Gig Harbor High School, and started learning uh, trades there, as a matter of fact. I got into finished carpentry and started uh, plugging away. Didn't go to college, just started to plug away and learn a trade. Yeah, one of the things that I always talk about is the difference in generational guidance my generation, it was like really like, hey, if you don't get a piece of paper in that degree, you're fucked. Yeah. Like you're not making any money. And as kids, you're like, oh my God, like I got to go to college. I doubt it was like that when you were a kid. So talk us through that. What was college like? Was it even something that was recommended? Was it something that you were just like, ah, that'd be kind of cool? Or what was kind of the aura around college? Oh, yeah. They pushed me just as much as they pushed you. I mean, they, they really wanted you to get that college education if you wanted to make the big bucks. Um, unfortunately it, you know, I wanted to become a firefighter and becoming a firefighter, uh, it was just very competitive. And so you had to try an, another, uh, have another path or another career option just in case you didn't make it. And, uh, actually when I was trying to become a firefighter, you're more or less a glorified paramedic. You're not fighting actually fires. So your, your dream kind of shatters there. So I got into construction and then, then it just kind of went off from there. Why firefighting? Is that just like, uh, my old, I want to be a hero? Or? No, my old man's a firefighter, or was a firefighter. My uncle was a firefighter. It's in the family. How come you broke the curse? You broke, uh, the, you broke the path, bro. I did. You know, thought that backdraft was the way to go, but it, <laughs> but it, it wasn't. Uh, was the family a little upset about it? Did they really push you to do that? Or? No, no. Uh, everything, everybody was supportive. Um, I just, you know, started just going into the construction and I, I fell in love with it actually. And so everybody saw the passion that I had in it and they supported me a hundred percent. Was there any influence in construction in the family? Did you have any relatives no. that did it? Friends or was it just no. an idea? You're like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. What do you yeah. think led to that? Just the idea of putting well, something together, seeing a finished product or. I mean, they, honestly, my family's a little religious and, uh, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. So I, I kind of went with that and, uh, yeah, you know, I just, kind of just learned trades. There was no inspiration. Like my dad wasn't a handy guy or, or any of that. No uncles like that. But, uh, you know, it, it just took off and started going to town. So how long were you in Gig Harbor until? So I was in Gig Harbor um, till, two th till 99. And then I went to California. And that was like after high school or after you completed a trade a couple of years after high school? Uh, after high school, went to California, chased the waves and the babes. 
and uh, went to uh, a, a community college there to become a firefighter and, and just realized that it wasn't for me. Came back home, uh, got into a, um, a trade somewhere. I think it was a framer. And uh, and then actually I went and, and and worked for a daycare and that's how I met my wife. Oh. Yeah, we went I worked at a kinder care and played dodgeball with a bunch of school agers, which was fun for about a year. And uh, yeah, met my beautiful wife and... Uh, the rest is history. It's crazy. Um, and Gig Harbor, only child, multiple siblings. Um, how'd that situation roll out? Uh, like you're saying, how many do I have brothers and sisters? Yeah. Did yeah. you have a bunch of siblings or the only child? No, I have a brother and an older sister. My older sister um, uh, lives out of the state. And my brother still lives in Tacoma, or actually now lives in Gig Harbor. So, uh, yeah, he still lives there. And that's it. Just a brother and and his sister. Brother younger then, or no? He's one year older, and uh, and the and my sister's seven years older, six years older. So you're the baby. I am the baby. <laughs> uh, what was it like growing up with your family in Gig Harbor, being the youngest with your family? Um, you know, was now he's... very hands on. They kind of set you up for no. like this is what we're doing. Was it just kind of free for all? They were over it because they already had two kids. Like, what was that like? No, now now he's getting personal. <laughs> uh, no, you know, family wasn't really the the you know families that everybody you know sees on TV. So I uh, <laughs> I was just you know pretty much vent for your own. You know, that's pretty much how it was. I was chasing the dream that my dad had, so I kind of wanted to be like my dad, right? Um, but you know, yeah, there was no, uh, push there. How powerful is the push of the whole dad dream? I mean, you're a dad now. Um, obviously you've had uh, daughters though, no boys, right? So yep. a little different, but do you feel like that was something that you just had to be a part of? Um, do you feel like that's still something that you think of as a dad today and it's kind of ingrained in you in that, that matter? Or do you feel like it was just standard, you know, day to day stuff? Yeah, it was just standard day to day. Yeah. It was nothing. So in Gig Harbor in school, were you involved in sports? Um, you know, what kind of size of it? You say small town. I'm literally from a town of a thousand. So yeah. your small town could be a million. And uh, no, probably know. two thousand. Really? You know? Yeah, we were pretty small. I mean, it's big now. Um, but yeah, and I didn't play any basketball or sports. I mean, I was soccer and stuff when I was young. But uh, when I was in, you know, middle school to high school, I, I did extreme sports, skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing, wakeboarding. Um, but yeah, no, no baseball or football. So Giga Harbor is a coastal, it's right on the water on the sound, right? Yeah. It's in, is it an island? Is it on one of the islands? No, or? it's not an island. Um, it's by Bremerton though. Yeah. It's Lots the, of military. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's, I guess it's on the other side of the sound. So it's still part of us, but. Navy, just kind of blue collar type place. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, you got into extreme sports. I'm. You know, somewhat of an extreme sportist. I tried skateboarding, hit a rock, ate shit on pavement, and that would hit different. I was like, no, fuck this shit. Uh, some of my friends were really into it, but I was a big snowboarder. And you could wreck and hurt yourself snowboarding. It's a little different vibe. Um, but how did you get into that? Um, you know, Seattle's not really known for surfing. Where did you go to learn how to do that? Uh, what got you into the, the, the nature-type sports? Was that something that your family had always done, or were you kind of the re rebellious kid that wanted to try something new? Totally the rebellious kid, want to try something new. Um, no, you know, family gatherings to go skiing or none of that. So it's it's just, you know, probably had some friends that we met in high school and kind of just clicked from there and, and, and started picking up the sport. So, yeah, it's pretty nice to know how to snowboard and ski and, and, and do all those extreme sports. A lot of kids don't know how to do that stuff. So. 
Where'd you learn how to surf then? Did you do it oh, so on I, the coast of Washington? Did you travel to go do it? Yeah, so my uh, dad's side of the family lives down in California. And so all his brothers and sisters taught uh, all of us kids um, how to surf and and paddleboard and all that stuff. So I'm I'm actually now training my girls to do the same thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're out in California. San, like right in L.A. or? Orange County, uh, San Clemente, oh, yeah. near Dana Point. Really nice area. Oh, yeah. It's very nice. <laughs> good place to learn. Pretty good for surfing there? or? Oh, yeah. For beginners, for sure. Okay. So wasn't involved in school sports, did the outdoors. I mean, the Northwest is cool. Obviously, being in California is great because you have rivers, lakes, mountains, ocean, all in like an hour area. That's, I know, one of my favorite things about the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to fund those, I mean, obviously, the dollar was a little different back then. But those aren't cheap things to do. Did you work during school? Um, you know, how were you able to do that? Did you just have your parents pay for it? What yeah, was that like? so again... Family wasn't like you see on TV, so we've we definitely had to fend for ourselves. Excuse me. And so I had a full time job. Um, what I think I was a junior in high school. I had a part time job, um, and then uh, yeah, I had to have a forty hour a week uh, straight out of high school. Or actually, I was a senior, and I I didn't even graduate. Got my good enough diploma, and. Um, and I just kept going, started working the hours and putting in my time and, and learning the trade. What was your first job? So I was a finished carpenter. So I started uh, in hanging. In school? And during high school days? Oh, I'm sorry. First job, of course, dishwasher, just like everybody else, if not. And then uh, worked myself up to a cook. And so I worked all the way through a restaurant. Right besides... in Gate Harbor? Yeah. What was the restaurant's name? It was called Spiro's. Is it still there? It's still there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tight. Everybody you likes it. there for dinner? I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> I could. I could actually probably you make you some. still? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was pretty fun to learn all that stuff and learn how to make some uh, dressings and, and, and how to, you know, make good food for people. It's pretty fun. So I know when I was in school, jobs were competitive. It's not like today. Um... I, I tried to get a job during school, um, during the school year that was very flexible because I took sports as a priority. So doing a lot of sports every season, you could only really work weekends or evenings. You know, you kind of had to work around. And I could never find a job because they wanted someone more available. It's super competitive. Everybody was looking for jobs. Um, so that kind of that kind of burned me. So I ended up working in the summers, a lot of manual labor to make enough money to like if I wanted to buy a pair of Nikes because my mom would only let me go to Payless. Like I fucked and didn't want Payless. So I was like, well, I got to get a job. So that's kind of how I I went through that process. Um, For you, was it very competitive to get jobs then as well? Was it like, hey, just go get an entry-level job, move your way up, and then just go from there? What was the thought process when you were a kid trying to get a job? So my thought process was, you know, get in. I didn't really have a problem getting a job, um, to be honest with you. So I applied. I got the job. Um, To move up the ladder to get the, the amount of money that I needed, um, was a little tricky and uh, the little tip that I have and um, trick that I used was because I was in, a, for instance, carpentry, I would learn part of the trade at a base salary. I'd learn the trade in three or four weeks. I would quit my job. I would uh, get on with another finished carpentry contractor and tell him I learned, I, I know these trades in this position and he would allow me to get that pay. And I would just keep doing that. And I, w- I would allow myself to be where I needed to be comfortably and what I was happy on doing for, you know, 
the amount of time that they wanted me to do it for. Sounds like the typical Seattle software worker, right? I work yeah. in software. I've been in sales since I've been here. And uh, right now it's like a free agency pool. The employees have all the power. Yeah. So they will go get a job maybe in small, medium business, working employee businesses, employee size 200 to 2,000 maybe. They'll put that on the resume. They'll get their year in. They'll quit. Go to another company. Like, cool, I do. You know, I need to do bigger than that. Yeah. They'll do that. They'll quit the company, get another, and then they just keep moving that resume up. Um, I always laugh at that because a lot of people do that in software and, you know, some people abuse the system, so to speak. Well, but... as, as long as they perform, then, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. But uh, it's funny you say that because it's very uh, relevant thing uh, done to this day and uh, definitely can help short enhance the timeline, right? I've used utilized that in journalism and in sales, so... Um, I can relate to those things. Well, that's good to know because I didn't know. It's and yeah. you know, I thought it was just most me. industries are kind of the same way, man. I yeah. mean, it's what I love about sales, and I've talked about sales many times. I apologize, viewers, but it re- it's a life lesson that relates. You're always going to sell yourself, right? You're going to sell yourself in an interview. You're going to sell yourself for a date. You're going to sell yourself to get someone on your podcast oh, or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. We're always selling ourselves, um, and uh, I think that uh, in in work and business and resumes and. Now you have social media like LinkedIn to sell yourself. I mean, that's really what it's all about. So Yeah, I agree. So um, back into Spiro's, working at the dishwasher, getting in where you do like a bartender, a waiter, server. Like what was that like and how long did you do that job? So dishwasher and then um, I did line cooking and then I did the prep cooking and that was it. And I probably did it for two years while I was in school. Any skills from that that you still use today? Did you learn any cool things of cooking? Did you, did it help you become more of a cook? Do you cook to this day or is that all wifey? Yeah, I mean, I cook. Um, she cooks more than I do. Um, I mean, I guess I'm a better dishwasher. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, no, didn't really learn anything. I mean, to work hard, anything, right? To, to wake up early every day, to get there on time, to, to to put my time in to work and show that I could do something and then and do it every single day. So, yeah, I learned that um, to being dedicated to somebody. The core building blocks to set you up for, for the yeah. actual work, right? Correct. So um, getting into the trades, you did that post-California, right? You went and did this serving job, then went to California. No, I went. To, I did the serving, and then uh, server. I never or was cookies. a server. Let's make that clear. That. <laughs> I washed dishes and I cooked. Didn't I was serve nobody. <laughs> so after I was done with that, um, I uh, I did go to California, try to become the firefighter. Came, couldn't because of Enron and power outages, political reasons. And I couldn't afford it because I wasn't a rich kid. So I came back um, and that's when I got the job with my um, sister at a child facility, a kinder care. Mm-hmm. And I'd watch while well, I would play dodgeball with <laughs> school agers. And that's when I met my wife. And yeah. then at that point, I wasn't going to play dodgeball for the rest of my life. So I wanted to uh, get a job. So I, I, I got a construction job up there. So in California, where at in California did you move? Was it San Clemente area? Or no, somewhere? it was San Diego. I went to Mir Mesa Community College. Okay. And then you went there strictly because of the college? Yeah, for and the you fire. you to be in Cali, obviously, to chase women and waves? Yeah. Waves uh, <laughs> and babes. Waves and babes. Uh, were you surfing when you were in school or were you no. mostly just brought in? I school? had to just try to, you know, make it. It was really hard to make it. 
there. Well, I mean, for your instance, like you didn't really want to go to college. You wanted to follow the dream of being a firefighter. So you had to have some sort of schooling that costs money. Correct. Right. Yeah. But living in San Diego, like as of now, it's probably not as expensive as it was then, but I'm sure it wasn't cheap. No. You know, how were you planning on affording to do that? Were you like, hey, I need to have a job and go to school? Uh, was it, you know, just trying to get, uh, uh, you know, whatever firefighter thing you need to get as soon as possible and then get out of there? Like, why was it that school and why firefighting there? So I did, um, I, I looked at, cause it was near a, my family, first mm-hmm. of all, for the, and it was a good program for the fire department, a fire program. And so we, but my goal was once I got there, of course I had no money, uh, maybe a thousand, 700 bucks. And, uh, so I had to find a place to stay. I did have a friend who had a girlfriend that lived down there, uh, and well in Santa Monica. So I had somebody with me. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we shared a room and I swear it was $900 a month. And we shared a room, like literally the size of this room. And it's, it, it was, it was hard. I had to get a job and that was hard. So it I really, it really was, I didn't make it. It just didn't, didn't work out. I didn't have anybody to fall. Well, first of all, I didn't want to ask my family. I had Cal, I have people all over California and they all got mad because I didn't call them up and ask. I could have got a job at Vons or any of those, uh, anywhere, but I just didn't, you know, I, I, it didn't work out. And so I, I ended up coming back home, which was, you know, meant to be. Well, I love that story because a lot of times, you know, a lot of people going through school probably tune in, you know, this is really the, you know, the ideas to help future, you know, business people or people who's trying to figure out career paths, but also might be, you know, somebody else who's been running uh, an industry like a server for 30 years is like, ah, can I quit? Like, you know, maybe they hear someone's story out, I could figure it out. There is an opportunity to change. But uh, me moving to Seattle is kind of the same thing, right? I had a thousand dollars to my name. I didn't know what was going to happen. I had to figure it out. And a lot of the people that we have on this show, they kind of do that, right? They're like, hey, I want to try something. Worst case scenario, I come back home, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's ballsy to do. It's not the easiest of things. And it's not always sunshine and rainbows, especially coming out of school. You're going to have to go through some adversity because you, you don't have a nice nest egg, right? right? You're not making consistent income. You're going to start at an entry-level job, which doesn't pay very good in most instances. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like hearing that. Um, but you know, having to get a job, uh, trying to figure out the firefighting thing, what was some of the, your favorite moments being in California or memories at that time? And what were some of the the learning lessons you had before you'd come back? Um, I think just being there and and doing it on my own, uh, out of a state on my own dime. I think that was like the best, the highest time of my of, of the whole experience down there but um it just wasn't for me i mean it was just in mean, california you know how it is it's so fast and it's just it just wasn't and it was expensive i couldn't afford it um and so yeah i just had to come back how old were you at the time i was well i was 18 i was 18 and i came back when i was 19 i think i lasted four months okay so not very long but a lot of Not people, long. eighteen people in Cal, eighteen years old in California, like hell yeah, I'm California dreaming. Did you have any like well, that's experiences that like stick out? They're like holy shit, or was it just grinding trying to make it? Most well, of the time? well, that's the thing. It's like you, you know, you get out of high school, you have a goal, you, you go to the college, 
And like 70% of the people that go to college, you guys get your degrees and you don't do the job that you got your degree in. So you just wasted fifty, sixty thousand dollars. You're still paying on it. You know, it's like that. You know, that's kind of like what I was. I went to. I went to my, my goal, my college. I was going to be a firefighter. I didn't have to finance fifty or sixty thousand bucks, but at least I didn't pursue something that wasn't actually going to be my actual dream. You know, I thought I wanted it. I really wanted. I still wanted it today. You know, I see firefighters today. I'm like, man, I was going to be one of those guys. But again, I knew what it was, you know, you're washing fire trucks, you're, 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 you're going to accidents on the freeway, you're not fighting fires. And so when, what, what realized to me, I actually, when, when I realized that in California, I was coming back to Washington to become a forest firefighter. I was going to be <laughs> jumping planes, I swear to God. Uh, and then I, I met my wife and, you know, realized I shouldn't be jumping out of planes and digging ditches for fires in the forest but let's say we're at a bonfire we're having a couple modelos like we are now mm -hmm. and you you have a story from your 18 year old days in california you got any fun stories of like yeah dude i fucking was surfing or you know we went and saw this it was the coolest moment at that time because a lot of times i know i've been to california like 18 19 and it, everything there just seems so awesome because it's your first yeah. time or you know it's california there's a lot of crazy things there any good stories for us you know at the time that we're talking about when I went to college, no, I was trying to not fuck up. You know, I didn't want to fuck up. I wanted, uh, I was, I was on my own. I didn't have a mom or a dad to bail on. Um, no one to back me out. So I didn't want to fuck up. So I didn't have any before that, you know, when I, when I was in, <laughs> yeah, there's tons of stories, but I, we don't need to share that. Yeah, on this okay, okay. Um, well, I think it's a really awesome thing at that age because it's kind of like a bird leaving the nest, right? You're out of the nest. Early. You don't have a nest egg again. You, you have whatever amount of dollars in your wallet that you have and you have to figure it out. And I know mm -hmm. for me, graduating college, obviously I got to learn a lot of that during college, but then coming here with no safety net, it was like, I'm a, I felt like I matured a lot faster than the peers around me. And just kind of grew up, learned a lot of life lessons because I was forced to do that where maybe a lot of people here have family with money. You know, they went to UW, got a nice degree, different situation, different background. But what kind of life lessons did that prepare you for? Do you feel like it put you in a position to mature, come to a realization of like, oh, this is some real world shit. And do you think that helped you um, come into entrepreneurship or be better as, a, as a, a, an adult? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 yeah, I had to save. I had to make sure I stacked up what I have and, and not spend like a dumbass, um, and knowing that there was no safety net, you know, I mean, if I had failed, which I have done plenty of times, I learned from it and, and, and learned from, yeah, learned from my mistakes and wouldn't happen again and, and just grow. And I mean, so far, so good. Yeah. I mean, uh, fell forward is one of my favorite fra phrases, right? Yeah, like you fell, fell don't do it again. Keep learning, move forward. Right. Yeah. And that's pretty much, I mean, the, the best tip that I can give anybody, you know, make a mistake, you know, it's okay. You learn from it. Yeah. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. My yeah, favorite, um, like we, in my first sales job, we used to have like these motivational speeches and they talk about movies and how the best movies, there's a lot of adversity like Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump's the best movie. Why? Cause what did he not do in there? He created the smiley face. He created Apple. He ran across the country. He played football for Alabama. He ran a fishboat, right? He did every little bit of thing that you could do. That's what makes sweet movies. 
No one watches a movie. It's like, yeah, dude, I grew up, had a good family, got a sweet degree, got the best job out of school, and became rich. Like, what yeah. kind of fucking movie is that, <laughs> yeah, right? That's horrible. <laughs> Who wants to rent that one? Um, so life's going to bring you ups and downs, and I think uh, probably people that are watching this, I mean, it's 2022. We've gone through a lot of shit the mm. past few years, so I think maybe uh, people going through this are going to be tougher than you know what other people have, have seen, especially if you're you know young trying to get into business or trying to figure out your career path. I'm very grateful. I know for myself that I'm in a position where I had a lot of like those boot camp days, like bottom of the barrel jobs, moving your way up experience because I got a lot of that when it was hands on before the pandemic. You're not a remote worker. Like I, I really feel for the young people that are trying to learn these things because they're just at a zoom on their fucking laptop and yeah. they don't have that interpersonal ability. They don't get to like shadow someone, have mentors because I think that's very huge and having that experience. So I know for me, I'm very grateful, but in today's world, I think a lot of people going through a lot of shit. It's going to make a lot of people tougher. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're running a business, right? Running a business right now isn't the easiest of things. I mean, construction yeah. maybe is nice because a lot of people building houses, you know, getting shit going. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll backtrack here a little bit um, to the kinder care job. So, peaced out out of California. You wanted to jump out of planes. Did you want to jump out of planes and get the kinder care job? Like, how did that work timeline-wise. So, yeah, so so I was going to be in the forest fight. I wanted to do the forest fighting and then um I was in I was working at Kinder Care and then again I, I fell in love and you know she doesn't want me jumping out of planes and fighting fires, so I had to get a real job. How long were you working at Kinder Care and how long did oh. you meet her before you guys started dating? I would say I worked there for a whole year. I probably flirted with her for like four months <laughs> and then we started dating like six months into that year uh were you dating while working at kinder care together yeah for like uh maybe I'd, I'd say like a month or two months and then you're like hey we probably shouldn't do this or what no they, they all found out how much i got paid so i thought oh shit i'm getting out of here <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh what was your title and actual like role responsibilities there so i was school-age teacher and all the kids that you know, I think it was um, first grade and up to like sixth grade. They just come there and I'd entertain them until their mom and dad picked them up. That was it. How do you even get into that job? My sister ran one. Oh, okay. And so she, uh, I needed a job. Uh, when I came back from California and she got me the job. And was this in Gig Harbor? No, it was up here. Or excuse me, it was in Seattle. Okay. And so um, my mother lived in Seattle, so I was staying with her. And uh, so my sister got me the job. And then I worked at the uh, kindergarten for a year, like I said. Where exactly in Seattle? Just north of Seattle, Linwood. Okay. And um, your sister helped you with the job. Your parents were dad's side in California. Um, was it your mom in Seattle at the time? Yeah. So obviously they were still you know, hanging out, providing guidance or, you know, direction, I guess at that point, were you really close with your parents at that time? And are you still very close with them to this day? I was going to say there was no guidance at all. And just no, there. we're, I'm close with my old man. Uh, and I haven't talked to my mom for a while. So it, they weren't really parents. They were more about themselves when I was growing up. So, and I know for me, um, well, I didn't really have a dad. My dad left when I was six, so there was no really fathership side, but my mom, you know, just had different mentality goals, different lifestyle that, you know, I wanted to do something different. I moved to Seattle um, and I, you know, appreciate all the things that she could provide to me, but we were just on different 
Like, this is the path that I want to go. This is the path you're going. It's kind of like split the roads. Mm-hmm. But I always felt bad moving here because, you know, it is expensive here. It's not easy for someone to vacation. you got to pay the flights. You do anything here, it costs an arm and a leg. Like, we just paid probably 40 bucks, 50 bucks at Fish and Chips. 50 bucks in Montana, like, dude, I could go to a fucking, really fucking nice place for 50 bucks. You yeah. know what I mean? And stay the night. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and get it all you could eat buffet. No. Um, but it's just a different lifestyle. So for you, being the youngest of, of three siblings, going through this time, you know, kind of just having to figure things out, you know, what was that experience like? And do you think that it helped in your entrepreneurship of like running your own business, thinking for yourself, that sort of thing? Or do you wish that maybe you had some more close relationships and guidance there? I mean, you know, I mean, it sucked. You know, I wish that my family was there. Um, but at the same time, I think it made me stronger right? You know, you're on your own. You, you can, you, you make a mistake, you figure it out. That's what it is. You figure it out. It's the bottom line, you know, cause you can and you will. That's, that's it. Anybody can do it. And so that's what drove me. And, uh, I think it, it really helped me out. Um, I don't think I'd be the person I am today if it wasn't for that, you know, I mean, yeah, it sucked that my parents weren't, you know, trying to guide me to do something or, you know, or even support me at all. Um, it fucking sucks. But, you know, I think I, I literally wouldn't be the guy I am today if I wouldn't have had that experience, you know, and I still love my dad and my mom. Um, but you know, made me stronger. So you're in kinder care, you fall in love with Kara, 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 sorry. Um, was this your first big relationship? Had, had you had others like, a, you know, maybe a little high school thing? Or yeah, something I, had earlier, a, but... I had a girl, a friend in San Diego when I was down there. Uh, other than that, yeah, she was, uh, Car was um, my one and only true love. <laughs> um, did you think that it would actually turn into something like marriage? Or did you think it was just like, oh, let's see what happens? Are you kind of surprised looking back at it or not? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah, it's that, you know, we... Yeah, it was love at first sight for me. I mean, so yeah, I thought she was the one. She just did really good handling those kids or what? What's that? <laughs> I said she just did really good hanging out with those kids yeah, or what? Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> like, dang, I want you to do that to my kids one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how long did you date before you guys got married? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a year and a half, two years before we got married. Two years. <clears throat> so what did you do from kinder care before getting married and getting into the trade? Did you go straight into the trade after kinder care and then you started thinking about entrepreneurship once marriage came around or how did that go from kinder care on so after kinder care i got back into finished carpentry which was hanging the doors and doing all the trim work inside of a home or an apartment and um because it had benefits and, and better pay um and then you know i just kept working up each trade from there um at one point I wanted to ask my wife to, or Cara to marry me. And so I needed uh, better benefits like, you know, health and dental and the whole works 401k. So I had to get another job. It was still in the construction field. It was in the glass industry. And so I, I got that job to get me benefits. So then I asked her to marry me. So that's, uh, that's how I learned that one. So through that process, um, at this time, did you ever think like, Hey, I want to do my own thing at one point in time. Was this not even on the radar at this point? Like, where do you think that came from? And was this relevant years after doing a trade or is it something that you always thought you might end up doing? 
No, still didn't didn't think I was gonna own my own thing. No, just kept kept plowing away. Started working, kept working, and kept working. And uh, no, I never never thought that I was gonna own my own company. Um, until I got hurt. Um, my hands and my elbows were a little overdone, right? Because I was like the uh, the right hand man, so I was doing everything. And so uh, I had a surgery, and once I got out of surgery, the boss man wasn't looking at me like I was the same guy. And so that's when I was like, well, if I'm not going to get any, you know, if I'm not going to get any higher in this job, and I'm already doing everything, why don't I just start my own thing? I'm doing it already. And so that's pretty much what happened is that, you know, I kind of worked myself to the core, to the bone and realized, why don't I just do this for myself? And was that kind of an epiphany thing? Did you ever have your boss like, hey, you know, one day you've learned this much, you can do your own thing. Did you ever have like mentors or guidance to, to kind of think bigger into entrepreneurship? Or was it literally just like, come home one day, like, what the fuck am I, you know, I'm just going to run my own thing. So, uh, yeah, I got, I got like, you know, worn out, came back. He, you know, I wanted, I don't know. I, I don't know if I asked for a raise or something. And it just, it just felt like I was like, you know, that, that injured pitcher and I wasn't going to be able to pitch the game anymore as much anymore where they was it wasn't just there anymore. Like he wanted to trade me. And so I was just like, <laughs> I swear it's how I felt. And so I was like, you know what? Uh, I think I should just, you know, go on my own. And so I started looking into going on my own and, um, and yeah, everything just worked out. Um, through the process of moving up, you know, doing the different trades for, was it always the same guy or was it multiple? You said you had went from a few, was it? Yeah, it was multiple people. There was one guy that, um, that I worked with for a long time and, ha and I did learn a lot from him how to do things on my own without another pair of hands. So his name is Lee Jones, shout out. Um, I wouldn't say he is my mentor. Uh, after I got, um, I quit that job before, and then I started Paramount, I, um, I have a uh, family member, my wife's brother's father-in-law, <laughs> does, uh, did work for Anthony's Homeport restaurants. Uh, I did a lot of construction. So we went into business together and, uh, I learned a lot from him, uh, on the commercial side of it. And then, uh, you know, a lot more into the trade I've already knew that I thought I've mastered. He even mastered me even more than that. So if I was going to say anybody was my mentor, it would be Gordy Reinholson. <laughs> And did you always stay in the same area through the different guys that you'd worked with? Or did you have to move and kind of go around the Seattle area? Or? Oh, yeah. I was on the east side, Bellevue, Kirkland, Redmond. And then uh, when I was with Gordy, we were at every restaurant. So there's one in Des Moines, Gig Harbor, Ballard, Seattle, Everett. And then um, now I, I pretty much just want to work wherever I want to work. And when you were doing that, you talked, you gave him a shout out um, as being the, somewhat of a mentor. Yeah. Did you have other people that were like maybe working with you on job site that you saw that were kind of mentors or people to look up to or past that you were following? Or was it mostly just trying to get as much in a resume sense to be able to keep moving forward, keep getting better pay and living a better lifestyle? Yeah, it's just learning 
so I love the job. I love what I do. So, and that's really hard for a lot of people to, to actually, there's a lot, of, it's really hard for people is to love, uh, to do, you know, you love what you do. Uh, a lot of people just have to go to the freaking desk and sit there and wait for the fucking time to clock on, you know? <laughs> so I love it. And so I wanted to improve myself in every aspect of the whole trade. And I'm talking not just one trade, the whole project. So if it's, I'm doing the carpentry in the house, I need to learn everything about the house. And so that's what I did. I've learned every single detail that there is to do with the house. Now, um, when learning multiple different trades, was there one that you liked that you maybe thought you'd focus on a trade yourself once you were looking into business or did you want to be able to do it all the whole time? So I, I fell in love with glazing for a while. I did open up a company, very successful. Um, I didn't have the money to keep it rolling. Um, so I bailed out of that, but it was a, a trade that I really liked. Um, if I was going to say a trade I, I would love and I wanted to like stick around and, and keep doing it, um, was probably, you know, pushing dirt. It's kind of, it's really fun. It's, it's something that I can see doing all the time, but my whole career in construction, I couldn't sit and do one thing over and over and over and over and over again. When I was in the glazing, you don't like doing the same shit every day. No, I, <laughs> I frame, I tie rebar i dig dirt i hang sheetrock i'll spray the house i'll do the siding i'll you know it's 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 every day is different and so um i like that about it i could when i did it when i got into the glazing i didn't i i did it for three four years and it was just you wake up you do the same shit it's every single day you know and i needed something different i need to go zigzag not you know, left, right, left, right, left, right. Not a robot. <laughs> That's what I felt like. Um, for a lot of people, even myself, glazing. What does that mean? Oh, it's it's uh it's glass. So like mirrors, shower doors, windows, stuff like that. You liked the finessing of the glass, or what? Well, you know, <laughs> you no shower <laughs> high end shower stalls. You know, you, you those bougie ass. You know, the the glass that surrounds that. That's what is um the nicest thing about that industry you know hanging mirrors hanging a mirror putting a countertop glass piece over a, a table like this is 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 nothing replacing the window that you broke with the weed whacker it's nothing but but building a shower stall i mean that in the glazing industry part of it that's pretty cool all right so you gave us a lot about the glazing the experience of that was your first technical business was it an llc was it um yeah. you know a thing that you had a bunch of employees on what, what was that so that was my first um business venture so i was in the glazing industry under uh, a company and i did the little i learned the trade quit that one went to another company and got more money and then that guy saw how good i was and he wanted to go into business with me so he the owner of that company and i and his nephew opened up a company in um in southern washington like right next to the border of oregon and washington and it was going great but then his partner up here found out that he opened up a business in washington which is the same state which is means you're competing against yourself was gonna sue him or something like that so he had a bailout and he had the money and i didn't have any money so i had to like let it go 
So his nephew had stayed with it. And I think the word was that the uncle ended up buying it with the other guy that was going to sue him. So they all own it. So it was just a shit show. But again, it, it's, it's, it's a business learning experience. I didn't have the funds. I, I created the company. I created the sales part of it, the uh, installing part of it. Um, but I, I just couldn't fund it. Um, I had a, I have to have a check every, every payday. And so once I found out that that was not going to happen, I came back. Was it an LLC? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to j- dive into a few parts. There's a ton of awesome things we can break down here, but we're going to get another Modelo first. Oh God, thank God. <laughs> I'm in traffic. All right. We're back. We're going to jump right back into the glazing business because I think this is a huge thing that school doesn't teach you. Even if you get a business degree, they te- you, teach you a lot of specifics about business. But one thing that I know I lacked, and you know, you could speak into this maybe for yourself, but they're not like, okay, this is what it takes to open up a business. Yeah. My favorite thing about the, my, my first sales job out here, it was like a, a, a management school. It teaches you the ins and outs, how to hire, how to fire, right? How to keep balanced books, how to do taxes, how to do those things. Those are such valuable things that nobody knows, but also like, Okay, what is the process of opening up a business? An LLC versus a different type of business, right? Okay, I'm hiring employees. Do I am I 1099ing them? Am I you know getting them salary? What kind of benefit? There's just so much shit that's involved there that I feel like it's it's not easy to learn about. I mean, the world wide web is a big thing now, and you can probably figure anything out if you dive deep enough. But um, in that sense, um, the guy that had worked in the glazing business with you that had his brother running up north, you guys went down south. Was this something he sold you on? Was like, hey. Me and my nephew are going to do this. We'd love you to be a part of it because you do good work. Um, you know, explain some of those details there. You know, he said you said he was the money guy. You know, he put a funding down. Did he have to get a business loan for it? Did he just hand it all up front and want you to be, you know, kind of the right-hand man, have some ownership values, or, or what was that like? So in that aspect, all it was like was he pretty much paid for everything. He got the license insured and bond. So I didn't learn anything on that experience. He just knew I was the best installer of that company that he that I was working for, and so being <clears throat> the the best. I mean, I don't want to say toot my own horn, but he just he just thought you know you do everything well, you know the ins and outs of the business, so come down here and start it up. So I I I got the building. Um, we, we rented the building. I turned it into an actual gla- glass shop. You have to build things and storage and all this other stuff. Uh, buy the tools. And then we had to hire people. And then I had to go out there and start selling ourselves, going to all these new construction homes. So I guess the, the experience that I learned there was sales. Um, but I did not learn the, um, the whole licensing, insurance, and all that stuff. So I had no idea. Was the sales pitch to have some extra overhead? Were you just getting paid higher? Like, what was the benefit of you being in this with them? Uh, I got $900 just to drive down there. So that was huge. And then at the time, and then um, my paycheck. And, you know, I was part owner of this thing. So it was kind of, it was kind of cool. You know, I mean, it was the one thing that, you know, I felt like I was an actual adult. Like I was like the boss man. People have to look up to me. And how old were you at this time? I was, I was 22, 23. And you were married at this time or dating? I want to say I was married. Did you guys move down south or did you stay and just commute? We were super close of moving down there. Before it all shut down? Super close. I don't think Delaney was born yet. But we were super close of moving down. 
and, she, um, and it was farm town so like my wife was not dead <laughs> <laughs> um were you just staying and working some time off and then coming back on the weekends then or yeah i was down there during the week come back on the weekends go back down there during the week come back on the weekends um we were just sleeping in the trailer in a trailer park right down the street from where the warehouse was it was pretty ghetto but it was you know i was trying to make it i was down to do it um that's back then we had next tells where they were like walkie talkies my <laughs> wife had one so she'd be like beeping me every night it was cool that's funny um did you guys ever actually hire employees and get it going or before i left no it was just me him we had the whole shop looking really nice and then um when i bailed i probably did two weeks of just nonstop sales you know and there were 99 percent of it down there it was all new construction they were just about to boom and um so i met a lot of people and uh they all wanted to try us out because they were all new contractors and they wanted to have a the bottom dollar and good you know just trying to sell yourself and uh once i left my phone was blowing up and they really wanted to try and, and hire us and so it was you know i was kind of bummed that it didn't work out because we were so close um but that company's still going today and it's owned by that guy so what was the name of it and did you guys come up with the name did he already have oh, it oh god we did come up with the name and i was thinking about this before we took her break and i'm trying to it'll come to me did you guys have like that huddle yeah. session? Because that's always like, that's kind of the dream, yeah. right? Like, hey, we're starting something new. Oh, yeah. Will it work? I don't know, but I'm going to give it my all. Let's come up with the name. Let's come up with the logo. It's kind of a fun time. So I was curious if you could put us in that mind. Like, were yeah. you super hyped about it? You're like in this serious relationship or married at the time. Like, hell yeah, I'm about to run a business. No, nope, no. Nope. Did you feel like you're on top of the world? Like, that's what next was it story. Like? That's next company. Okay, well, what was your mindset at this, this time? This one, I wasn't, it was him and his nephew were probably more. You were just excited to be a part of something. Yeah. I wasn't into the name, I don't think. Okay. They they asked me if it was good, and I guess it was all right. But I was like the I was like the manager, the project manager Mm -hmm. of the building. They were like the. And when you say sales, were you basically just going to new construction sites like, hey, we'd love to work for you. This is the kind of the things we charge, the kind of work we can do, like a cold call sale or what? Yeah. So another tip, um, in construction, uh, and the and the internet, which is great, uh, you can find out every single construction permit out there and in the state and i'm talking it's like this thick and you just start going and the addresses and you you start driving to these sites some of them haven't even been cleared some of them are in framing stages some of them are in siting stages some of them are done um and you just go and and 99 of them are in framing stages or just about starting to frame and so i'd meet the guys give them my card and give them the spiel like we just want to give you a competitive bid give us a shout we do shower doors and mirrors, and that was it. And man, our phone was blowing up. Did you ever have that experience before? Was this your first time? And what was it like? Was it nerve wracking? Were you cool with it? Uh, it was pretty cool. I was wasn't nerve wracking because I knew I had a check coming in. When I knew that there was no money going to come in, then it probably got a little bit more, you know, scary. Um, but I didn't. I didn't have any problems. I didn't have. I didn't have. I didn't have to worry about funds. Um, so it was just more of an experience. It was pretty cool. It was just drive in and don't know where you're at. And you go in and you just and just start selling yourself. It was pretty cool. How uh, was that your first time doing something like that? Yeah, it was my first time. I was 23. Because uh, when I did the painting business, basically going door to door, 
you know, I saw the baby face look like I was probably 16. Yeah. Like, hey, I'd love to, you know, give you a bid on painting your house. Looks like a nice paint. You know, sometimes it get looked like, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of my house. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was really cool. It was very professional. Cool. Um, so then what happened after that? You get told you're almost about to move down there. You're recently married. Um, you know, maybe the kids were in the discussion at the time, but, you know, this happens. Like, where was your mentality at? Were you like, oh, shit, like, I got to restart? Or, hey, I'm just going to open up business from here. Like, you know, what was the plan and where was your mindset? Um, after that, I think I just came back and got back into another company to just keep making a paycheck up here. And then um, I started Paramount. So, oh, no, no. I ended up working for that guy, Lee Jones. That's how I met him. And he was remodeling. So he'd do additions or remodels to houses, flip them. And then, um, but he would work on them for a long year, you know, and just do it himself. He would hire some contractors like electricians and plumbers. But other than that, um, you know, that was it. And that's where I learned a lot of the trades. And then when I got hurt from that position, because I overworked my hands, that's when I decided to uh, go on my own. Did you have to be out for a while then when you got hurt? And were yeah. you just like on paid lead? What's that called? L and I. L and I. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like a shit show. You know, did the L and I. I didn't want to, but they knew it was work related. So they, they told me to do it. The boss was cool about it. You know, it was it was kind of a, it was a weird experience. You know, How I, long were you out? Shit, I had to do both hands and my elbow. I was out for a while. I'd probably say a, a year, maybe six months. So this could be a big moment. I know, um, you know, I'm one MMA only on the sports side. You talk about a fighter. They're finally moving up the ranks. They blow out their knee and they're sitting there. Yeah. They don't have any money coming in. They're yeah. just kind of bedridden. You're in your thoughts all the time. So I'm curious, what was your mindset like during this time? Like you're married at this point. Did you guys have conversations about kids before during this? You know, were you like freaking out because you're just kind of bedridden and didn't know what was next? Like, was it a good time? Was it able to help you think a lot of what your plans were? Was it a depressing time? What was the mentality like? And, you know, what were your thoughts of like, this is what I wanted to do? Because obviously it led to Paramount. But Right. So, yeah, again, we're all over the board. But we uh, I did have a, a kid, a Delaney, my oldest. She Before was, the hands or after? It was during, I think it was, it was we had the child. Then, my, then I had surgery on my hands. So she was, she was about three or four during the surgery. Oh, okay. Um, so then, yeah, you know, we, I don't know if I talked about it with my wife, but I had like literally had to think about, you know, it was like an injured player, right? And the guy wasn't going to keep me playing anymore. How long was he going to keep me for? I had a really, so it was kind of stressful. I mean, I was kind of like panicking a little bit. What the fuck am I going to do? And I just, just pulled the trigger and really it was super fucking easy you go to the damn you look it up okay thank god for the internet because it wasn't around when i was a kid so it told me what i had to do you, you know you go get your your insurance your license you, you you specialize on what the trades you know what to do and you pay that shit every month you know i mean and you, you go out there and you sell yourself well shit i just got a bunch of sales experience so i know how to go out there and and buck I don't up need and so much. That's right. <laughs> now to use my hands, you know, and and so that's where I learned this experience for sales. And then, so I said, I, you know, I got this. 
You know, why not? Why do I have to? My boss played Sudoku while I built houses, you know, and he collected all the money. So why couldn't I do this? So <laughs> I just pulled the trigger. I mean, I don't think there was a discussion. I think we were just like, you know, we were always nervous. I was always nervous trying to make sure I paid that mortgage. Uh, and again, my wife, you know, a lot of, a lot of days or in the past, you know, old school, your, your wife stays home. I guess they do it today. Your wife stays home and takes care of the kids while you, you know, the husband's at work. She's old school now, dude. We had, she worked and she works today. And I don't think that we could have, I could have done this without her doing that, you know? So she helped me, uh, fulfill the dreams I'm living today. So, so if I got this right, you had a three-year-old you had you're on the ham thing you're going through this you're thinking about what's next you decide to pull a trigger on running a business was she working and providing dual income at that time were you on l and i as well yep at kinder care still she was working for premier blue cross i was on l and i and we had a three-year-old kid and you you're talking about the mortgage you owned a home at this time yep um how long had you been owning a home at this point so we bought our first home when we were 20. So a couple of years at this point. Went, no, maybe we were 20, 22. So married, bought a house, like literally story by the book. Had the kid. And fuck so, your hands up. Yeah, <laughs> fuck my hands up. Got a, got a new, yeah, started my company and now I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> where, did, where did you buy the first house at? In Everett. It was a little house. And, um... When you bought a house there, did you just got a big mortgage, you know, got I mean, a big loan and paid for it that way? Did you have some cash down? And um, no. while you were on L and I, was that probably one of the bigger components of stress, just dealing about that as a new homeowner, or because buying a home the first time it's a pretty big fucking deal? Yeah. So for one, Car and I did not have any bailouts, so we don't. Parents had money; no one was going to help us out. Um, so it was us, and if we failed, we had to figure it out. And so, um, she had a job. And we were, yeah, it was, it was a $210,000 home. We didn't put any money down back then. It was cool. Like you can, if you were a first home buyer, there was people, there was programs, programs. Like I didn't even have to put any money down and we got the house. Uh, The worst thing is, is I had no credit. She had shitty credit and because she had shitty credit, we got the house. So, I mean, now, I mean, you you need like 30% down or something like that. 15% down. That's ridiculous. So. I don't know how you guys get houses nowadays, but... So I live in a two-bedroom apartment, my man. Fuck, dude. So... <laughs> so I'm w- about to rent a four-bedroom house instead of buy one. Yeah, better off. I mean, it's just ridiculous until something changes, but... Yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, and then when when I was hurt and I was collecting L&I, L&I still gave me a good chunk of money. Um, but I can't sit still, so that was the problem. You know, I'm not supposed to do anything, so I'm collecting this check. But yeah, it was stressful that if once L and I's done, I go back to work. Am I going to have the mortgage payment and all that other stuff? So yeah, it was pretty stressful. Plus, we have a kid. You know. So how did you make it through all this time before the Paramount idea? Were you just having a good routine? Were you into like, you know, working out, yoga, meditation, just uh, surrounding yourself with people? Did you just spend it with more time to be with your kid? Like, what what got you through all that shit? I don't know what really did. My wife got me through it, you know. If I didn't have her, I probably would have, you know, probably would have made it. But what did you do with all your extra time since you're all fucked up? 
I mean, like, spent time with the kids. Oh yeah. Did you try to like look into business shit? Like, so, what, what were you doing? So you're not supposed. So you to got a lot of extra time. I remodeled my house. <laughs> I swear to God. So I'm not supposed to do anything. I got uh, uh, one arm. I can't because I didn't do both hands at the same time because I got to wipe my ass. <laughs> so uh, I did one hand at a time. And so one hand was and, and we had this super small kitchen and we have a three year old. So, yeah, I can't sit still. So I remodeled my kitchen. I mean, I was getting a check from L and I. I was healing. And so why not have a new kitchen? And so that's what I did with my time. That kept me sane. And um, so I kept doing what I love to do. Were you a stay-at-home dad, or did you guys do daycare? Uh, well, I mean, while I was in L and I, yeah, I was, I was Stay pretty much, yeah. Some good time though, right? Can't, yeah, extra I, time you got that you want to have with probably. the babies, yeah, when they were babies, yeah. Because at this point, you, you only had one though, right? Right. Yeah, I forgot. Okay, so Paramount. Why Paramount? How did that name come up around? And uh, I guess. It's still Paramount, right? Yeah, it's still Paramount Construction. I'm trying to remember. So we wanted mountains. Who's we? Uh, Gordy was my partner. Um, the mentor? Yeah, the mentor was my partner. Um, and he li- I liked Mount Rainier because I'm a snow snow guy. And he likes the sailboats and flying. So he has the sailboat. I have the mountain. And I can't remember if it was my wife that said Paramount or if, it, if I said it. I can't remember. I'll give it all to my wife. So Car, I think, brought it up, and I thought it was it was brilliant um, because it's your house is it's Paramount that I do a good job, right? <laughs> yeah. It's it's a it's a, a great word, and uh, I thought it was it was it was that moment. It was like hell yeah, Paramount Construction. So how did the partnership start? I didn't realize that you had a partner when you first opened up. So oh, was this your idea? Sorry. Did you work with him on this? Was no, it he, like, uh, hey, let's do this together? I needed to open up a business. Uh, it was I wanted Paramount Construction. Um, couldn't get LLC. Somebody already had it, so I had to do LLP. Um, <laughs> I know it was fucking stupid. Um, so I had a, a small partner, and then when that partner had left... Um, because of family issues, Gordy, I needed somebody to take my other position, the partner position and Gordy was there and I asked him to be my partner and he, he became my partner. How long was the first partner there and why did you need a partner? So tell us the details. I know man. bro. I'm sorry. Here, Cause there's so much shit. We, we, so when I first, time, when I first <laughs> started Paramount construction, um, I had one of Kara's high school friends worked for me and um, we did like cash side jobs and I asked him, do you want to start a business? You want to be, you could be my partner. And so we created Paramount Construction and he like didn't have anything to do with it. He just was on board kind of like I was on the other one. And, um, but no financial no. put in here. It was just so basically a worker at this point. Yeah. Okay. And he didn't know much, you know, he was learning from me. And so, um, he, you know, he got into some um, family issues, so he had to leave. And so I needed to, somebody to take the LLP partnership so I didn't lose the name. And so I was going to have my wife on there. And, um, you know, Gordy was doing the restaurants. And I thought, well, shit, maybe this is, uh, I offer him part of my company and I get into the restaurant industry because Anthony's Homeport restaurants, they're millionaires. 
Um, I think they pull in like 70, 80 million, hundred, probably 130 million nowadays. Cause they have just opened the one up in Alderwood. So, I, I mean, that. they're just, yeah, they make like the Edmonds one is like 60 to 70,000 a, a day. Yeah, it was like a fancy seafood place when I moved here. I always ask people where seafood is, where's a good spot. Anthony's is always good. I like it. It is kind of expensive for what you get. I, you know, living yeah. here, I'm very biased towards salties now. Like, fuck oh, Anthony's yeah. and go to salties any oh, yeah. day of the week. But Oh, yeah. But is, anyway. It is a nice place. It was. And so then Gordy was my partner. And then, um, you know, Anthony's just, they're cheap-ass rich people. And I couldn't, I couldn't do the favors. Gordy would love to do favors for him, but his, you know, I just didn't want to do it anymore. So, um, he pretty much kind of like retired. So he got out of the company, my company and I put Cara's name on there. So he's now retired Gordy. So still Paramount LLP, still Paramount construction LLP. Okay. Um, yeah. And so. Then I started um, going bigger, you know, doing bigger additions um, into new construction. And so I've, you know, I've done six houses in my career. And I'm 40 years old. How many years has Paramount been a thing? Because you said 17 years, but is that all Paramount or is that all through your trade and everything? Like how long has Paramount been here now? So Paramount's been here, yeah, since 2005 or six. So how long is that? It's like 14 years. 14 or, years. No, I guess 16 years. So 16 years I've been in business. Okay, so quite a while. Um, with Paramount, did uh, the work that you did at the beginning always stay the same, or has it tr- like evolved and changed up? And if it did, why did it change up? So, yeah, we used to do bathrooms and kitchens. And then now we did, and then we went to additions, and then now we build homes from the ground up. Um, and so, you know, the, the craftsmanship's always going to be there. We take pride in what we do. We don't use products, shitty products like OSB. We always use plywood. So the, um, the, 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 the product, the, the, the grade has always been there. Um, so that's never changed, but, um, but yeah, we can, we do a lot more, you know? Why has the work changed? Like you build the house from the ground up. You said you used to do kitchens and bathrooms. Was it like, hey, we're doing this. We realized there wasn't as much overhead. I'd rather contract that out. Like how has the work evolved and why? Like what's oh, the real reasons why? Because I love what I do. And like I was st- telling you in the beginning of this conversation is that I want to learn everything about the house. So if I've already known everything about the house, then why hire somebody to do it for me when I can just do it myself? So now I do 99% of the stuff myself. Yes, it's tiring, but um, I love it. I just love doing it. It's like playing a video game. You know, you just can't stop playing. You just want to play it all day long until you just can't play anymore. And uh, that's pretty much what it is. I think I just, I wanted to keep it going until there was nothing left for me to build. And that's what it was. Um, it evolved me into doing more and more and more. So you now, have, you, do you have employees now? No, I, uh, after COVID COVID hit, I had six employees. Um, they all left and then, um, I didn't want to hire anybody back. I didn't want to take the PPP loan with six employees. I could have got a fat loan, but I didn't want to do that. I just wasn't, I don't like loans. 
and then um and when you have employees in my industry it can go well and when it does go well those guys eventually turn into guys like me why am i doing it for somebody like him when i can do it myself so they go quick you know two years tops they're gone when you have a real good employee when you have the shitty ones you keep them going but you're still doing the same amount of work to where they're even why are they even here so it's like you know what i might as well just take my time do it like that guy i met in the beginning of my or in the middle of my career um lee jones he had his his son and he had me but he did a lot by himself and he taught me how to do that so i just started doing it by myself yeah it's dangerous but at the same time it's you know it saves me a lot of money and and uh you know it, it worked out so you had up to six employees when mm-hmm. you first started did you you know it was kind of the vision of like hey i want to get as many people we can yeah. work multiple jobs at the same time and i just want to keep growing growing yeah. or hey i just want to keep it small keep myself busy make as much money like what was really the goals behind this so my goal was to i had a shop already um we were building custom cabinets we anything you wanted we built it in the shop so we had that um i wanted employees i wanted the job vans i wanted them to go out and i could just sit there in the office like the man just going there's my guys going out right that's what i wanted you know it's just fucking expensive to get there and in this state in particular the state of washington they like to take a lot of the money um and so it's just really hard um it can be done um but when i got to the point where it was like so i was stressed out by doing the work i want to make sure i do a good job for my client then it got to a point where as i'm stressed out that i had to make sure that every employee was paid and no one got hurt no one's feelings got hurt and then it was just like a different kind of stress feeling so it was like you know what this isn't fun anymore i'm not having fun so then COVID hit and it was like, <laughs> I was free. So I was like, fuck it, dude. I'm not going to do it again. Fuck it. Do it myself. What's the most employees that you've ever had? The most, the, the most employees that working for you. Six, six period. Six. Yeah. Well, I guess on a job site, eight men under Paramount is, is the biggest because you've got to count yourself and you got to count your partner. And you were hiring them all yourself and basically managing them? You didn't have like someone to be the middle guy to kind of manage them and handle that? No, I hired them, I fired them, I managed them, I trained them. I did it all. And um, when you were able to have that many employees, obviously you could get more work done typically, I mean, hypothetically. Um, were you able to do more houses and make more money that way? Have you felt like you've done better by yourself? Although you're not moving the houses maybe as quickly, it's just more overhead and you're more hands-on, so you're more happy. Like, what's been the big difference between having eight versus yourself? Um, I'm going to be honest now. When you have multiple people on your job site, the the client feels a lot better. I don't know why. Um, but then, did we get it done faster? Mm, I'd say cleaner, you know, because... It just, it just, it it would go a little bit faster. Okay, I, I would I would agree with that. Um, but 
you know, if there was a mistake made, I would have to go backwards. So like you have to include all that. And so it's like almost a catch 22, you know, um, but you know, I could say yes, times at times there was some projects that would go a lot faster with, with multiple people. Do you wish it would have worked out with the big crew and had the vans like you had thought, or did you realize that that was just an overrated fantasy or something you saw other people do and that wasn't for you? I think I, I like being by myself. Um, I don't like worrying about other people. So I think it was a reality that, that kind of slapped me in the face. Like you like this, you know, this is nice. This dream, this is great. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's so much better here. <laughs> and so it was that, it was like, I was driven to doing that. Like, okay. So for instance, again, like you got a guy who, who goes and builds cabinets for a client and he's going there and he's installing them. And he does that. He deals with that. Or he can stay in the shop and build the cabinets and never have to see the client. It's that. And I think, um, just being, independent and uh, not having to worry about anything is, is what drove me to, to do with what I do right now. Now we talked about all the shit that people have gone through the past few years. Uh, I'd love to get the entrepreneurial mindset behind that. Obviously things change. You went from eight employees to yourself. You're happy with that. But what are some of the ups and downs that you had to go through? You didn't get the PPE loan. You know, you're probably having to evolve your business, change your business. And what was that like managing that plus being a, a parent, right? You have two kids. How old right now? Yeah, uh, one's 15, the other one's 11. So, like, they're becoming little humans, you yeah. know, like, you, you, a lot of shit going on at one time. So, what was that experience like, and what uh-huh. got you through through the times to keep on, keep on, keep on, Again. keep on, keeping on? Supposedly. I know, and I keep saying it's Kara and Kara and Kara. If it wasn't for Kara, I wouldn't, I couldn't do this. She was there. She would take up, pick up the slack, or be there when I can't be there. So, that's number one. Um is the partner, you know, because if I, I, I just couldn't do it. Um, so that's, that's that. Okay. Well, besides the wifey, I mean, what was the experience like going from the big change at work while still trying to be a parent? Um, oh. what were some of the highs and lows and just some of the shit that like, was it smooth sailing? Like, Oh yeah. You know, you run a construction business. Work was fine. Cause construction never died. We never had any issues. Were there issues? Like, what was it like? You know, just making been a sure, lot of shit, you know, you know, just making sure that you're there with your family and not forgetting that you have a family. Cause you know, overworking is always, you know, easy to do. Um, and, and forgetting that you're, you got responsibilities. So, um, you know, there was some, you know, some, highs and lows but for the most part it was just you know living the dream you know that's the thing you got to stop and think about it yeah there's some lows and it's nice to always stop at the lows and think about this but when when you got the highs and the lows stop for a minute when everything is cool and kosher and think about it you're living the dream you know sometimes you know having a hard time during that dream it's okay you know so i don't know i just I, I couldn't say it was smooth sailing, but I felt great. Yeah, I know for me, um, like the, the simplest of things, and some people think it's cheesy, kind of like a meditative thing, is practicing gratitude. Um, when I'm at my best, I have this Franklin Covey, which is my planner, and I write out like the top things I need to do, and if you don't do it, it goes to the next day. After about fucking two weeks of seeing that same damn thing on the paper, it drives me <laughs> fucking nuts, you know what I mean? Uh, but the first thing I do after giving myself like 10, 15 minutes of meditation where it's just yourself 
is write five to ten things I'm grateful for. And sometimes it gets a little repetitive or you have to really think because you don't want to do the same thing over and over. But realizing, yeah, through highs and lows, all the things we have, right? Like for me, it's like, dude, I have a two-bedroom apartment on Alki Beach. I have my own podcast. I was able to do well in my job to be able to fund that, provide myself an opportunity. How many people can do that, right? Like right. just every day putting yourself, I'm not in fucking Africa with dirt coming out of water, having to sift some shit or, you know, hunt for food and just all those things. I think that's really important. Um, but again, just kind of a little different angle through there then in the business side of things through COVID, um, did you have more work, less work? Um, when you determined to go from eight employees to zero, was there any big transitions? Was it weird? Did you have any tough, you know, layoffs or was it shitty because all eight of them quit on you and you're like, Oh shit, I have all these jobs. I don't know what to do. Like, was there any kind of friction there? I was very lucky. Didn't have any problems there. Didn't slow down. I did have one client that got all angry because we couldn't come out when they told us to come out and we were not supposed to come out. Like I was, I mean, if we, when we were quarantined, they'd find the state of Washington would find us like five or 10 grand if we went and worked, if we weren't in centrals or something like that. And so we didn't work. And so, you know, besides pissing off a client that wanted to break the rules, um, you know, other than that, it was, it was, it was good. You know, I didn't have any, I wasn't, there was no hardship. Let me put it that way. I was still making money. Um, but the whole just upsetting somebody, you know, you don't want to do that. And then because of COVID, there's nothing you can do. The mayor, Inslee, and all this, it's just like, I'm just doing what I'm told, you know. So other than that, um, during that whole COVID thing, it was just um, trying to just satisfy everybody that, that couldn't handle the whole stress. But And... With the past few years, the housing market's been wild. You know, I'm from Montana. I would like to buy land there uh, so I could have my friend build me a house. But land's at an all-time high since COVID. A lot of city people think it's cool to move there now or they tune into Yellowstone and think because it's cool. I don't know what's going on. Um, but uh, my buddy that does construction there is doing pretty good because there's so many rich people coming in wanting to build. For you, did you have um, after during COVID and after an increase in work because of something like that as well? Was there any more challenges because it was just yourself that, you know, maybe people wanted things turned around so you had less volume of work? You know, what was that like on a volume perspective? Um, I had a friend who asked me to build him a house. I built him the house. As I was building the house, somebody saw me build it so well, they hired me to build them a house. And so it was just an ongoing positive thing. So, I, you know, I mean, I just kept going and growing, you know. And so now I'm building my own investment home. So, um it just, I didn't have any problems, you know, I just kept being me and people noticed. So now if someone, I mean, you know, in the world of online, it's like, Hey, if you have a business, like my buddy who runs field supplements, we'll shout them out. This is how you check it out. If you want to buy, do it, whatever. You only work in this very specific area, but if someone wanted to find out about Paramount, how would they find you? If they were in the Seattle area, what area do you work? And uh, what, what would you tell them about Paramount? Like what would be your sales pitch on Paramount? Uh, Paramount Construction builds good stuff. Uh, we help you. You know, we're not all about the money. We want to help you. We want to make sure you guys have, you know, some money in your pocket and we reach the budget you need. We're not greedy. We want to make sure that you can count on us like a family member could. Uh, whether it's, you know, you're breaking your window with the weed whacker or uh, your, your kid punches a hole through the door. Um, or you want an addition or, or a kitchen remodel. We, we do pretty much it all. So, um you know, give us a shout if you if you want us to 
take care of you. What's the area that you work and how would they find you? Um, I mean, you can look online uh, for me. I'm also... Like Facebook page, website? Uh, I think I'm on Home Advisor. Uh, you can Google me and you can find us too. Um, I go pretty much everywhere if, you know, money talks. So, I mean, if you want me to build you a house in uh, a different county, then, then, you know, we could do that. Um, but we, we range anywhere between, I don't know, Everett to, I don't know, Linwood on small projects. And then the bigger ones, we can go as far as Bellingham to Gig Harbor. So that's how you can find me. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about this investment property. Um, real estate's a hot topic. Um, I fucking hate TikTok. The reason I hate TikTok and reels um, I'm about to rebrand the podcast. I've told my viewers this. Um, there's going to be the MMA only and then the business side, two separate names under the Business and Buckets Podcast Network. Um, but it's challenging because I have to relate to the next generation, right? And they want to have all these fucking clips and all these TikToks. But for me, I hate seeing people that are literally just sitting there scrolling. And sure, can some of it be educational? Can you learn some stuff? Yes. But it's not good for someone just to sit there, scroll, have no emotion, and just use that to get buy in time in my opinion so i try to avoid it because i don't want to be you know sitting on the couch after work and just sitting there and all of a sudden two hours gone by it's like what did you do oh i just fucking scrolled through my fucking phone so that's why i dislike it but it's becoming very popular um you know you can get a lot of information out there but uh one of the hottest topics since covid and everyone thinks they know how to run a business now is real estate investments right Mm. and that's something that i'm interested in so uh you know what kind of information could you tell us on that how did you get into that you know, was it something that you had to fund your, yourself? Were you taking out loans for it? And what's the vision there? Okay. Um, so I found a piece of property, of course. You know, I'm learning everything I can on building a home, right? I started from one trade and learned all the other trades all the way up. Now I'm to a point where um, developing, I found a piece of property. Luckily, thanks to be to God, it was right next to my house. And... Um, I, I am funding it myself. I found um, a loan to help me build the project um, and purchase the land. And so we are doing great. Um, I'll sub out what I need to sub out and then I'll do the rest myself. And um, yeah, you know, it's it's not hard. I think anybody can get a loan as long as you, you know, you got to get good credit. And um I think anybody can do it. I'm surprised that someone is dumb enough to give me a million dollars, but they did. <laughs> and I'm, uh, I just had my first bank inspection yesterday and their, their jaw was dropped because I am almost to trusses and I haven't asked for a dime. And so, um, it's going well. I think that, um, like I said, anybody can do it. So if you want to be somebody like me, you just need to find a bank tell them your goals and what you want to do on what, you know, you got to show your plans and your details, itemized list on where the money's going and then go for it and build your dream, you know, whether it's for yourself or for your, for a family that's going to buy it. And are you planning on renting it? Are you planning on selling the one you're in now and moving into it? Like what's that situation? Um, we are going to sell it. So it's, it's going to go on the market and sell it. Yeah. We're going to build it and sell it for the market you know, starts to die down and it doesn't go for what I want it for, then I'll rent it out. But no, we're going to sell it for sure. So the whole idea was to build it, 
pay off the loan, whatever overhead you have, you have extra cash now. Yeah. And then yep. do you want to do more of those yourself? Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, I what? think I think my next goal, I don't, you know, I don't mind building from the ground up. I don't like building big houses. It's too much. Um, this one's 5,000 square feet. Um, I think, um, you know, single story is a little bit better. But I think that uh, my goal would be um, is to find homes that are single story that have a potential view and add another floor. So it usually takes, you know, six months to add the other floor, depending on if you do anything on the main floor. And then um, turn the house into a million dollar home. So that's, I think, I want to find homes where there's um, places to, to grow from, you know, not just flip, like clean up everything and f- sell it. I want to add another floor on it and, and sell it. So I know we've dove pretty deep here. I've gotten a lot of learning lessons from different things. Um, I don't know, I'm 30 years old, you know, parenting's on top of my mind. So I'm going to dive in a little bit on that and how that compares to entrepreneurship because it's always an interesting topic to me. But just on the business side of things, I feel like we did a good job diving into it. But anything that you want to tell people or like, hey, we missed this. I think we should bring this up. Or here's a, a you know, something that really helped me on this stage that we had talked about that we missed. Or do you think we, we hit it all home? I think we hit it all. If anything, you know, if you guys want to do something, you know, be in a trade and do a company like painter or window cleaner or general contractor, go get your license. It's that easy. Um you just, the biggest challenge is, is proving yourself to the clients that you're selling yourself to. That's it. And then make sure you, you're insured. You know, I know it's hard and it's tight, but you want to make sure you're insured and covered. Other than that, everything is, it's pretty straightforward. Chase your dreams, do what you want to do. That's it. Um, what kind of insurance do you have that makes me think because... Uh, me and my friend were talking because he was asking me about, you know, do you want to go podcast for your own and like... You know, I leave my corporate job. I don't have my health insurance, which is is amazing. I don't have my, you know, I work for a public company, so I don't get that, those shares, that type of thing. Like running your own business, like, cool, well, now I have to fund extra money to insure myself and be where I was. Um, I don't have stocks, so it's like I'd still have to invest separately to be able to have that other kind of revenue stream. So for yourself, you know, where and how are you insured and what's that like? being an entrepreneur, do you feel like that's kind of been a tricky thing? Is it kind of an annoyance to you or it's just part of the process? Um, that's people, true. I guess people don't really think about it, like run a business. Like I'm just going to get this LLC and do oh, it. Yeah. It's like, cool. Well, how are you getting insured? Like, Oh, you have kids now. How are you going to make sure they're insured? Those types of things. Right. Know? And so this is a really good question because, um, that was the biggest fear of mine. Like we're about my retirement. Like, right. I got the good job before I got married. Because I needed the benefits, 401k, and then it was gone because I needed to do something else. Well, the wife worked. The wife has the benefits now, and I th- I'm all in. So that investment property I'm working on right now, that's it. That's like you know part of my retirement. Everything's in that. So once it's done, then I need to yeah put it somewhere else and just keep reinvesting until Stu wants to retire, and then he's gonna be like no more investing, and then just be done. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely, um, you know, something that you, we had to keep in mind, you know, and get the right insurance and yeah, I had, a, I had a charge for it and people say, well, why are you so expensive? Because I have to insure myself. Um, and so, so it's part of what you bill, you get an insurance yeah. coverage and then how are you insured right now? Just some random 
thing you found or were, no. were you like, hey, people told you this is what you should check out? Yeah. So you can go to, uh, you know, Liberty Mutual or whoever and they'll tell you. And I had general liability in the beginning. Um, th- there's certain brackets. So like if you're just a painter, you get a $6,000 bond with a half a million dollar or a million dollar uh, insurance. If you're a general contractor, then you have to have a $2 million with a $12,000 bond. And right now, <laughs> they made me go and and punch that up because I'm building a house. So I have r- builder's risk. I have a $2 million commercial on my truck just because I had a tie in the sewer line. It's stupid. Again, it's Washington State. And then I had to get... Um, my my general liability is now two million across the board. Before it was two million, and then a million across the rest of the board. Now it's two million across the whole board. So like literally, no one. I mean, I'm totally covered in every little aspect. It's it's over coverage, um, but there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you rather be over coverage than something happens. Then something happens because I'll tell you one thing I learned out of the 14 years that I've owned the company and the 20 something years I've been in construction. There are fucking crazy people out there that will just sue you for nothing. That's it. It's fucking crazy. Have the insurance. The insurance will take care of you. The hire the best attorneys to tell them to go piss off. So insurance is a big deal. And this is all stuff you pay monthly, right? Yep, everything's monthly, and yes, you have to make sure that you make enough. So if you're building a job, for instance, I just got a job yesterday. It was a bathroom remodel. Her toilet, she didn't, rep- you know, you have to pull the toilet off every once in a while and replace that ring. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet you a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Well, she owned the house for freaking 40 years. Never changed it. It leaked, it damaged the floor. I came in there to re- replay with the floor. Now I'm doing the whole bathroom. Yeah. Um, and I had to make sure. This is going to cover the materials. This is going to cover stew. This is going to cover insurance. Then there's overhead and profit. Mm-hmm. And the overhead and profit is, again, part of the insurance and, and profit for the company. Do you have an accountant that helps you with all that or do you no, do it yourself? No, I do it myself. But again, I recommend to get an, an accountant. How did you learn all that? It just fell forward or what? Yeah, you, you learn from your mistakes. And again, you can do it by yourself. If you don't want to hire somebody to do it because I was a cheap ass, I don't want to hire somebody else to do it. I want that money. Well, it's a lot of extra shit to deal with, right? Yeah, but, but you know, what? it is. It's a lot, especially with the state. You have to file with every single city. It's called B&O tax. Business and occupational tax. So if you're just selling paint and you go work in Bellevue, Kirkland, Seattle, Tacoma, all those people get 10% of whatever the hell you just sold somebody. So you got to file that. And then you got to do the other taxes too. So yeah, you know, I had to do it myself. Um, and, and, you know, most of the company, the most of the time I've been in the business, I think this year is the first year I've had somebody else do it for me. Hell yeah! How's that? It's hard because you see how you're much just they're like charging too much you. Control. Well, because they're like, here's a you owe us 147 bucks. You're like, what did you do? I didn't take a job all month. All you did is probably swipe. Said there's no work to B and O, and then I'm paying you 143 bucks. What am I doing? But you know, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. What also comes from that entrepreneurship mentality? I know for me, like even being a manager and like teaching people how to do things. It was like, I do, we do, you do, right? But sometimes you didn't want to, like you're so in, used to being the entrepreneur, the business person in control, 
it's kind of hard to let somebody else do something because you're always worried they're going to do it right, right? Right. And these things. So that's right. also a skill in itself. I think that was a huge maturation stage for me as a professional was learning how to be okay with letting somebody else do something and how teamwork can really help. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't always help that you don't have the right people and the team isn't as strong as it should be, but um, it's definitely a skill to be able to just be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I know that was huge for me. Um, but yeah, I think we dove into a lot of good stuff. We'll go rapid fire here. But lastly, I want to talk, you brought up Carl a lot, um, with health insurance. Does, does she have health insurance for you? Cause you're married as well. And Correct. obviously the kids are handled until they're a certain age. Correct. Okay. Um, cause without her, you guys being married, you'd have to get your own, right? Yeah. I would have to, you know, find my own insurance and, and pay for that. And that shit's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, how about parent uh being a parent versus entrepreneurship what is what would you say has been the harder one being a business owner or being a parent oh being a parent why because you don't want to because if you you fuck up the house first yeah (laughs) yeah like you know you can always fix that but you know you don't want to fuck up the kid you can't fix that no um you just want to be the best and, and 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 make sure that they you know know that you're you want to just raise them right and raise them the way you want to be raised, you know, and, and they don't, it's hard being a parent, way harder. You just, you just don't want to fuck up. Did you go to someone for advice on being, being a parent or no, was it just something I, you and Cara worked out together? I, th- I think the fact that Cara and I both love children, um, really helped out in the beginning. Um, you know, I say in the beginning because she does a lot now because I, I've been so busy. She's just been taking the girls to sports. So she's been definitely the soccer mom, softball mom. Um, but, um, but yeah, what was the question again? <laughs> I was just saying, uh, Oh, cause we were, cause we, cause of the daycare thing, we yeah. both, we knew how to discipline a kid that wasn't ours. I mean, we learned a lot about children in that, that time of working there so i think that um we you know, we had a little bit of experience so we knew what we were up against and did you guys always want to have kids right out the gate yeah we actually planned everything which is kind of weird i don't know why um we got married um at 22 she was 22 i was 21 we knew for some reason 26 is when you have kids, 25. I don't know why the math and all this. It's a woman thing. I just went through I that think... age. It wasn't. That's why I'm single. <laughs> we'll say that. How about See, that? I don't know. but It's, it's, their, it's their clock, you know? It, I guess so. So we had the that kid. That might sound rude, but that's just my experience, just so people know. <laughs> well, probably. Well, 26, we had the child. And then as soon as she was out of diapers, we would try for the next child because you don't want to pay diapers twice because the shit's expensive. And so it was just, you know, it was clockwork. We knew exactly what we wanted and we, we had it. I want another child and she doesn't want one. Did you guys always want two then? Or was it we had one, you wanted another, and now think, you want one, she didn't? I think we got to the second one and she was like, I think we're done. And I was like, whatever, you know, I want another one. Of course, you you know, everybody said, Did you, didn't you want a boy? I don't want a, a certain sex. It would be cool to have a little <laughs> stewie. I don't want it. It would just be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, props to you having two women. Uh, it's funny. A lot of my my friends that are like real guy guys always have girls, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they like take some like four or five to have the boy. And if they go that far, they do. But, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it terrifies me as a guy. Because to your point, I mean, it'd be nice to have, you know, a little boy. Um, nice to have both or whatever. 
Um, but what's been the biggest blessing having two girls, um, you know, uh, basically a family full of women? It was super easy in the beginning. And right now it's starting to get hard because they're maturing. Yeah, I'd be terrified to have a daughter in today's world. Guys are disgusting, so. Yeah. You know. <laughs> like a chastity belt. No cell phones. Oh, like... God. So, yeah. I've already told them. You know, if you think I'm not at that party, I am. <laughs> so, we'll see. It's, it's yeah, it's getting what's been scary. What's been the best part of having two daughters, though? Oh, the best part is being loved every single day. I mean, they just, they're just so loving, you know. And they They just say good things about me all the time, so. It's always nice to have that. Okay, cool. Well, I think we've gotten enough. I know we've gotten deep here, uh, but I'm going to do rapid fire, just some basic questions that I ask everybody. I want to start with the tough one. Tell us about one of your darkest and hardest times that you had to push through. Darkest. Could be personally or professionally. Wait, darkest? And hardest, like just the deepest, darkest time. And how did you push through that moment? Um, hardest time, darkest. I don't know, my hands where I couldn't work. Okay, well, elaborate. Um, and then, like, you know, how did I push through? I fucking worked anyway at my house. Like, I I don't think I have a dark time, bud. You never had adversity once? No, and I don't. I just don't want that to happen. You've been knocking on wood, yeah. Yeah. But that was the toughest, probably, being laid up. Laid up. Changing businesses, thinking what to do. Yeah, you know, that whole time when I was, my hands were hurt and... You know, your boss looking at you like, again, like I was mm -hmm. the pitcher that wasn't going to be pitching next year. That was tough because, you know, and I'm not even, I never played real sports like that. So it's like, I, I felt what that felt like. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, I could do the same shit. What are you talking about? Just because I was injured mm -hmm. doesn't mean anything. And so I guess that would be the hardest part of my career. And you said Kara earlier, but what helped you get through it? Kara. Okay. Enough to have her on, dude. I know. Um, who do you want to shout out for being your biggest inspiration or motivator? Didn't I say her name five or six fucking times? Oh, elaborate. Kara Hartu. Love listening to this later. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, she's she's the only inspiration I have. So give us some details. Yeah, why, she's why great. Are you shouting her out? Um, why, why she is such a good inspiration? No, because she's just someone you want to fight for, someone you want to work hard for. Um, kids, same thing. They're just so great. You just want to really do the best that you possibly can for. And like literally I, every day a, a song comes on. It's just like their faces I see and it makes me want to push harder and harder. It's crazy. If you could simply give a life tip or hack to the audience, what would it be? Um, like what? Give me an example. I don't know. Anything. It could be anything personally or professionally that you felt like, damn, I'm so glad I knew that. If I didn't, like, shit would be more difficult or harder. Um, if I would have known like that. Like, I would hydrate before you drink. No. After you wake if I would have known <laughs> that I didn't, if I would have known that I didn't need anybody else, like, seriously, like, you don't need your mom and dad. You don't need your rich aunt or uncle, grandfather. It's all you. That's that's it right there. It's you. That's sweet. So it's if you powerful. want it, it's all up. It's all up to you. If you want it, go get it. That's right. <laughs> Throughout your young adult life, what has been your most humbling moment and your highest of high? My humbling moment is is having that company, and building 
that that first house being done with it and everything like that. It's all me. That was to huge. take it a step further, you talk about how much you love this. What what is it to love? Just building something, seeing the completed product. Like what really gets you like fucking fired up? Uh, so every job has a meaning to it. You have your podcast. Everybody's got a job. Uh, mine actually sticks around. It's 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 a monument. It's something that's there until it's burnt down or torn down or demolished. So that is huge. Like there's not a lot of people that can put a mark on this planet and I am every time I do something. So that's freaking that's it. Do you also just love to see the finished products and, like, and, and you know, I drive like, somewhere like yeah I fucking built that shit? Yeah, that too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um how are you able to keep motivated, keep going and grinding? You're older now. You have a couple daughters. Your hands are all fucked up. No, I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> How do you keep going? <laughs> uh, bigger dreams, you know. I, I, I want, uh, you know, I just, you know, you just want to get better. And and um, what keeps me going? I thought I said her name about eight, ten times. She keeps me going. She cracks the lip out and tells you. No, you know, she's now part of it. She, she's now designed this latest one, and I think we're doing pretty good as a team. Um. And so, uh, you know, I think it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like the shit you see on TV. What's those people's names? You uh, know, there's a lot of people on TV. Yeah. So I, we feel uh, like that. And so it's just kind of, it's motivating. It makes me feel like we just, just keep going. Let's do it. Like that, uh, one channel, the home and garden network channel. Yeah. The fuck. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of that, do you, what, you know, what are your future goals? Do you have an end goal? You know, what's your visions now that you're where you're at? Uh, if I was going to say if there was a kind of a goal, I don't want my wife to work at the premiere anymore. I want her to do it, which I want her to be happy and do something that she's happy with doing. So like my goal would be to having us do what, what we're doing right now, having our own HGTV channel. I'm just kidding. Just, you know, having her more part of it, get her out of that. And, and we just kind of do our own thing. Okay. Um, are you goal oriented? Do you like have a bunch of goals? Do you write them down? Do you visualize them? Are you not a goal person? No, I'm a sloppy ass son of a bitch, but, um, <laughs> I like goals like during the day. Like for instance, if I needed to, my goal was to get 17 sheets of plywood up and I reach those goals. Definitely. I'm a goal guy. Am Short I organized? Add up and sets to a larger goal. Correct. And am I, uh, organized? Not really, but again, it's cause I'm, by myself if i had when i have guys i'm more organized mm -hmm. but um but i am very goal oriented i'd I love to have goals but not long term really right not like a long term guy. no short term goals any morning or night routines a lot of people i talk to especially in construction aren't much of a routine people but some people it's like i have to get up at this time i have to drink a bottle of water and then i have to meditate then i have to do this and this or are you just like whatever the fuck i feel like doing that day you know i mean i always have to have coffee um, in the morning, tons of it. Um, no, no routine. Okay. Um, ch -ch -ch. what habits have, fo have you forced yourself to grow out of? If any, is there any habits that you had that you just like, I gotta get quit doing this. And that was like on top of mine and focused. Yeah. I kept ignoring all that paperwork stuff and I needed to stop and I needed to start focusing on, you know, I have to do both sides of the job, not just one. You get lost in it. So I had to, I had to stop getting lazy on the paper part of it. What, 
what does the paper part of it mean? Yeah. Taxes, well, yeah. Like the, fucking just, just accounting. Yep. The accounting and then accounting. Just, you know, making sure the state's paid and recording all your, your business. So you kind of did a lot of things by yourself. Obviously, once Cara came in, it seems like she's a huge influence. Um, you know, you're a business owner. She's still working in healthcare. But I guess, what would you relate your success to now that you've been in business this long? I mean, they say the average business in America lasts five years. So you're way over that hump. So, you know, I would say cheers, but we, we drink oh, the shit damn. out of you. So, but no, that's to you good, dude. I didn't know and, that. And um, they say that the average business takes five years to profit. A lot of restaurants and people take big business loans and you'll see their first dollar hung up, right? That's their first dollar profit. Like, holy fuck, dude. I've been grinding at this business for this amount of years. We fucking made profit. Like, hell yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've had big accomplishments. But would you uh, relate your success to hard work, determination, luck, or being in the right place at the right time? I would say two of those. Right place at the right time and hard work. Um, and it is hard. First five years of making good profit. Nah, that's a little long. I'd say two years because you definitely lose on the first year. Your profits lost. I mean, you're, there's no, no doubt about it. Your second year, you kind of like, okay, I figured it out. And then the third year you're like, okay, now I know how to charge people. Right. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it can be challenging. Well, I appreciate you having hey, you on. I've been trying so to much. get your ass over here for a while now. <laughs> a long time. He was, he was glad he came, you know, living right on the beach. There's a lot of fun stuff, so oh, we yeah. can enjoy the evening. But I really do appreciate it. Again, check out Paramount Construction. We'll have this live streaming everywhere, video on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, man, maybe we'll have to have you on again in the future. Or, you know, maybe you'll you'll have Car in the business doing some more partnership stuff and we could hear another side of the story. Absolutely. Let's do it. Awesome, man. Well, cheers. Cheers.